Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, Virgin Voyages CEO and President Tom McAlpin drops by. Of course, Scarlet Lady is home in Port Miami now, gearing up for her first revenue cruise on October 6th. So we're going to check in with Tom from the ship and see what's happening. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is here to get us caught up on this week's cruise news. And we'll also drop in with Cherry Griffiths from Cruise Tips TV and get her first impressions of Scarlet Lady. Don't forget Cruise Radio News. It's the three things you need to know every single morning. Catch it at Cruise Radio News. It's just opposite of this or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. All right, let's get to the cruise news. News with staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. So the annual state of the cruise industry happened on Tuesday. Any big takeaways this year? Well, you know, I think the big takeaway is that cruising is back. That's kind of what a lot of the focus was on and looking toward the future and which is really just saying and more ships will be coming back. Probably the biggest takeaway out of it was a sense that the whole cruise industry was sort of in this together from the time the shutdown started. You know, we we tend to think of the various cruise lines, especially, you know, like Norwegian and Carnival and Royal Caribbean as being competitors. And certainly they are. There's there's no two ways about that. But they also really sort of pulled their resources, um, worked together, shared information in order to get cruising back as soon as possible because they knew how important it was. They knew that, you know, for example, if one of them developed some technology that was going to make it easier for all of them to come back, that was good for all of them. An outbreak on one ship is going to be bad for all of the industries. So the big takeaway really seemed to be, you know, we've worked this, we've worked hard to get to this point. We're going to continue working hard to, to get to the next level. The other thing I thought was really interesting when you talk about Uh, them as competitors is they sort of gave you the impression that the other cruise lines are not necessarily their competition. It's more that they are in competition with land-based resorts and hotels and, and other places that are, you know, sort of fighting for your vacation dollar. Uh, Other than that, it wasn't really a huge event where a lot of news was coming out because, you know, the news has continued to come out as far as new ships and things like that. Uh, So whereas some years it is a little bit more focused on that, this year it it probably wasn't as uh, quite as centric on that. I thought it was uh, interesting, too, whenever they were talking about Virgin Voyages entering the Miami market and the moderator asked Richard Fain from Royal Caribbean Group, hey, is this going to impact you? And Fain was like, no, this is actually good for us because when Disney entered the market in the 90s, they added 2% supply to the cruise market and 
increase cruise demand by 10%. Right, exactly. You start seeing more advertisements for cruising. And, you know, we talk a lot about how not every cruise line is right for everybody. So, you know, let's say Virgin spends, you know, a couple million dollars on an advertising campaign to bring attention to their cruise line. A lot of people are going to look at that and say, you know what, I do kind of want to go on a cruise. I don't know that Virgin is necessarily right for me or Disney or, you know, whoever happens to be doing the advertising, but it keeps cruise in their mind and gets them thinking about, you know, that they want to do this kind of vacation. Pier side testing. Carnival said it wasn't a viable option. Royal said, uh, yes, it is. Royal is saying that it is an option with limitations, which is, I think, what we'll probably slowly but surely see all of the lines moving toward. Royal is saying this should be sort of your last resort. You shouldn't count on this. Uh, There is a charge for it. It starts at $99 a person. You do have to make a reservation. They don't guarantee you that you will be able to get a reservation for the peer side testing. So, you know, that's sort of a big deal. Let's say you're counting on that and 24 hours before, which is you, you can make your reservation 24 hours in advance. Let's say 24 hours in advance, you call them and they say that it's not available. Well, that's going to be a bit of a problem for you because now you have to scramble. The other problem is if you're doing, if you're relying on peer side testing, what if you get to the pier and find out, you know, after you have already flown to whatever city you're sailing out of, you're there, your family is there, you've spent all this money, you get there, you do the side testing and get a result that says you have COVID and can't sail. You're kind of stuck. So, I mean, I think we have pretty heavily championed, and the cruise lines are as well, getting the approved at-home tests. You know, that gives you a lot more control. It's, It's actually cheaper, and it doesn't put you at the mercy of whether it's, you know, finding out at the pier side you can't get on the ship or getting there and not being able to get an appointment. So, you know, it is something that Royal is offering. But again, they really don't want people to think of this as, you know, the way they should do it. It should be more a, a, a means of last resort. Yeah. And speaking of home testing, I actually did one just before my Disney cruise last week, not because I had to, because they tested us at the pier, but because I wanted to try it out. And if you want to see it step by step and what was involved with it, check it out at the homepage of cruiseradio.net. Richard, I know you love you a good New York story and Norwegian Breakaway is back. Not only do I love me a good New York story, I also love me a good Norwegian breakaway out of New York story because Norwegian breakaway was actually my very first cruise ship. I shouldn't say that. Technically, the Norwegian gem was my first ship, but that was only an overnighter, so I don't really count it. I count Norwegian breakaway as my first ship. What's really nice about this is a couple of things. First of all, that there are cruises out of New York. Every time we add a new port, I'm excited, and New York happens to be my home port, so that's doubly exciting. But Norwegian Breakaway was originally designed and built for New York City. You know, the um, the painting on the side of it, it features some very iconic New York City uh, imagery. There are various things around the ship. The Rockettes are the godmother of the ship. So this ship was very specifically meant to sail out of New York. It's gone all around the world since then. It sailed out of a lot of ports. But for me, you know, Norwegian does this a lot where they they um, they design a ship that is specifically designed for a specific port. And eventually it does move, but it's always special to me when it's sailing out of the port that it's meant to sail out of. This is the sixth of Norwegian's ship to come back. So, you know, that's great. And again, it's out of a New York, out of a U.S. port. And, you know, that's the more of that we can get, the better. 
And speaking of startups, this next one was a long time coming. Virgin is gearing up to finally sail revenue cruises out of Port Miami. You know, one of the big, I don't know if I should say jokes, but one of the comments made quite often at Sea Trade was that Richard Branson, who is the head of Virgin Voyages, probably picked the world's worst time. Um, you know, maybe the only time worse to try and launch a cruise line would have been like the day after the Titanic sank. And Scarlet Lady has been sitting around for quite a while. She had just done a couple of preview tours before everything shut down. Well, now she's finally back. You know, a week or two ago, we talked about the events she did here in New York City that were really just, she wasn't sailing out of New York. She just, while she was here, did a couple of special events so that people could kind of get a feel for the ship and the entertainment on board. And now she's in Miami. She's ready to start doing her regular sailings out of Miami. Uh, You were just on board. And um, I'm not going to lie, I was very jealous just seeing your pictures from on board. It was an awesome time. Uh, Not enough time to talk about it on today's show, but let's uh, tackle it next week. Totally agree. This is an interesting story. A cruise line has teamed up with a submarine company. You know, I don't know if this is just me or uh, if this is sort of true, but when I think of submarines, if you were to ask me, name a submarine, I'd be like, Triton, you know? And maybe it's just because I think that's the name of every submarine in Mm -hmm. every big screen movie, but that is what the submarine here is. It's a Triton submarine, and it's going to be on the Scenic Eclipse 2. This is not the first time that a cruise line has had a submarine on board. You know, there have been a couple of high-end expedition ships that have had submarines on board. What's particularly cool about this one is it's the submersible that they use seats up to eight people in a pilot, but the interior can be reconfigured. So let's say you want to have like a tea party on the bottom of the ocean floor. You can do it. They say you can do weddings in there. You can do limited dinners. They even talk about gambling, you know, how they can set it up for gambling in there. Obviously, it would be for a very small group. But the reason this is important is in the past, when ships have had submersibles or submarines on board, they've really only been able to use them to generate revenue when they happen to be near something cool, like, you know, if you're near a reef or, or you know, some ship that is sunk low enough that you can, can actually use the submersible to go and see it. Well, by, by making the interior configurable so that they can do all kinds of different little mini events inside, that makes them able to generate revenue any day of the week without, no matter where they are in the world, no matter what they're near, no matter what they're not near. And that's kind of a game changer as far as this, I suspect, you know, given that we have roller coasters and racetracks and things like that on top of mainline ships, I will not be surprised if within the next year or so, we hear that one of the mainstream lines decides that they're going to have a submersible on board that they do little, you know, little, little trips with. I, you might not remember this, but it was actually two years ago this week. We were on Carnival Sunrise out of New York City. We did the whole Canada, New England run. And do you remember seeing the original scenic? The ship that had the helicopter on it in Boston Harbor. Oh, you're right. I yeah. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this yeah, is the sister ship cool. to that. I did completely forget that, which I mean, yeah. I didn't forget the trip. That was an amazing trip, but I did forget seeing that. But yeah. I think I even have pictures of it somewhere. Yeah, it was like a, it was like Battleship Gray, the ship was. Yep. Listener question here comes from Don. What is the best way to maximize my $600 onboard credit I received during the shutdown? 
you know, Don, when you figure that out, let me know. It's actually something that I'm sort of struggling with myself. Um, a lot of the cruise lines, especially Carnival, um, gave very hefty amounts of onboard credit for people who had their cruises postponed. I have a cruise coming up in December on which I have something like $650 worth of onboard credit. Uh, my first thought was, you know, I'll eat up a little chunk of it with uh, the the Cheers drink package. You know, by the time you do a seven-day drink package, that adds up. But you actually save money on the drink package if you order it in advance. You save like 10% if you order it in advance. And you can't use your, your cruise credits in advance. You have to use them on the ship. You can use them. You know, you can transfer them and use them in the casino. A lot of people like to do that. Obviously, depending on the ship you're going on, if they have a lot of, you know, um, nice specialty restaurants that you want to try, that's a great way to burn through it. You can send your wife or partner or husband or whoever you might have your children shopping. I suppose you could send your children into the arcade and let them have the time of their life on $600. It's not as hard as you might think to spend $600 on a cruise ship. In fact, we've seen a lot of reports that since the uh, the industry has started returning, Earning. Onboard spend is, you know, skyrocketing. Now, part of that is, of course, because there are so many people who have these onboard credits that they are now using. So that actually counts toward the increased onboard spread spend. But another part of it is that, um, you know, one of the reasons that they like to get us to pay for the cruises months in advance is when we get on the ship, we have what they call empty wallet syndrome. We kind of somehow forget that we already paid several thousand dollars to get on the ship. And we think, oh, I'm on vacation. I should spend money. And we start spending money in various locations around the ship. So, you know, you're going to spend money on the ship one way or the other. At least now you have that $600 onboard credit to spend. Doug, you're kind of an expert with onboard credit. What do you do with yours? If I have a lot of onboard credit, I'll book it for an experience like a cabana that I normally wouldn't get or maybe like a thermal suite package. Yeah, that's a great, that is, you're right. Like if you're on Half Moon K and you can get one of those yeah. cabanas. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. You can also use them on shore excursions and stuff mm -hmm. like, you know, do something that you might. I like to think of shore excursion and even though it's not because, you know, but I like to think of onboard credit as sort of free money. And so I try and do things that I wouldn't normally do. For right. example, uh, back when we did this Carnival Sunrise, I had um, quite a bit of onboard credit. And I said, let's do the chef's table. You know, uh, same thing when I do Mardi Gras in December. I have the onboard credit. I've already booked the uh, chef's table. So because that's something that you might not normally do because it's a little over $100 a person. But when you got the onboard credit for it, why not? So can you use onboard credit in the casino? It depends. Some lines let you, some lines don't. Okay. Um, I, I am not 100% sure what the policy is from one cruise line to another. I do believe on Carnival you can, and I think on Norwegian, but you know, please don't write letters to Doug accusing him of spreading fake news or anything because, I, like I said, I am not 100% sure. But on some cruise lines, yes, you are able to um, use that in the casino. Good to know. Talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, thank you so much, my friend. As always, glad to do it. Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. You have questions. We have answers. Get the whole story on cruiseradio.net. As Richard and I were just talking about at the top of the show, Virgin Voyages is about to debut in Port Miami in just a couple of weeks with Scarlet Lady. She is finally going to sail revenue cruises here in the U.S. And on the line is CEO and President of Virgin Voyages, Mr. Tom McAlpin. How you doing, Tom? We're doing great on the beautiful Scarlet Lady. Yeah, how exciting is this for you to finally have Scarlet Lady here in Florida? Well, it's been a long time in the making for me, more than seven years um, working on this project. And, and this week is a really exciting week. We're here in Miami back to launch our ship in, in our hometown. Um, and we're getting ready. We're putting all the final touches on the ship and getting ready to set sail next week for her mermaiden voyage. Nice. Tom, what separates Virgin from other cruise lines? You know, think about us as a boutique hotel on the high seas that's designed and curated specifically for adult-only market. Uh, and think about the different restaurants that we have, six different restaurants. Go to a different restaurant each night. And these are the type of restaurants that you would want to eat on land if you're in Miami or New York. Uh, entertainment that is much more immersive with a theater that changes configuration three times. And all of this kind of stitched together and, and, and delivered to you in a way that only Virgin can do. We call it setting sail the Virgin way. So is there an all-inclusive component to your sailings? Yeah, so we believe that this is, you know, we don't want to nickel and dime our sailors, so we are much more inclusive. All of the gratuities are included in the base price. Um, you, you know, Wi-Fi is a basic human right, so that is included. All of your fitness classes. And we don't want to, you know, we want people to come away feeling like there's great value. So we've included all those things in there. So all they have to do is relax. All of your food, going to those six different restaurants each night, all of that's included. When you first launched these Rockstar Suites a few years back, we were all fawning over them. Talk to us a little bit about them. What can you find or what's included in these Rockstar Suites? Well, they're just a fantastic amenities. Of course, you've got, you've got the size, but you also have your own roadie, which is your personal yeah. assistant to do everything you need to book dining and, and show times and, and anything. Uh, but, of course, you've got that, that, that service that we are known for. Uh, in the big mega rock stars, all of your drinks are included. You've got full bar and basically anything you want aboard ship. And there's even a tattoo parlor on board. How's that going? Yeah, so we have a, our first tattoo studio at sea, and it's become quite popular. Um, it's on down on deck six, and we've had a lot of folks. Uh, we just finished a season in the U.K., and we had a lot of folks, for people in their 60s, getting their first tattoo on board ship. So it's a fun place to be, lots to do. You know, there's tremendous activities throughout the ship, and again, delivered in a way that only Virgin can do. The word game changer has become synonymous with the Virgin Voyages brand, and one of those game-changing ways was no buffets on board. How are you getting around that? I'm very curious. 
Well, we have an area called the galley, and it's basically a, a food hall. Think of this as these really cool food trucks, if you will, and, and they're throughout this space. So you come on, there's a, a salad area, there's a dessert area, there's breads, there's a sushi bar, there's a taco bar, there's a panini press, there's a noodle bar. So get, you can go there really quick, get everything made a la minute, made right for you, but it's all there at, at, at your fingertips, so it only takes a minute. Uh, fantastic place, getting great reviews from our sailors. Well, Scarlet Lady certainly sounds like an awesome ship. And Tom, I cannot let you go without asking you this last question here. What is your message to cruisers who may be hesitant to book a voyage right now, given the current environment? I'll tell you, uh, you know, safety is number one for us. And we have spent the last 18 months basically working out how to deliver the, the safest possible way to travel. And that's about investing in new technologies on our ship with air purification systems, systems that are used in hospitals today, um, and vaccines are a game changer. So here at Virgin Voyages, we're going to be requiring all of our sailors and all of our crew to be vaccinated. And on top of that, right now, we are testing everybody at the terminal before they get on. So if you think about it, this is absolutely the safest possible way to travel. We, we have a controlled environment. You can't get this type of experience anyway, anywhere. You can't get this in, in your, your local hometown. You can't get this going to your theater, going to a restaurant. So we feel very good about creating a safe environment. People can come on board, relax, have a great time, and take their masks off. Of course, Scarlet Lady is going to be home porting in Miami. You can check out their sailings at virginvoyages.com. We've been talking with Tom McAlpin, president and CEO of Virgin Voyages. Tom, good talking to you again, my friend, and we'll see you up there tonight. Great. Thank you. Good talking to you. Breaking news as it happens online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. Hanging out with Sherry Griffiths from Cruise Tips TV. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. What's up? I first walked on the ship and I was thinking, am I going to be too old to sail this ship? But actually, after spending the past couple of hours on this ship, I don't think I'm too old. The ship's a little bit, uh, the ship's made for everyone. I totally agree. I don't feel old at all. In fact, I've seen a lot of people who are like in my demographic. I'll just say it. I'm 47 and I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more people over 35 than I expected to. What were some of your pre-cruise thoughts before boarding the ship? I think I expected it to be a little bit more sterile than it really is. And when I came on board, I actually found the spaces to be a lot more like warm and inviting and lush. You know how Ikea has like this minimalist Scandinavian feel? I think I thought it was going to be like Ikea red everywhere. And it's so not. I, I think it's absolutely spectacular. And there's just so much thought put into the design. And there's really unique features on the ship that you just you've never seen anywhere else. Let's talk about the food on board here. I went to The Wake, which is the seafood and steakhouse on board, and I love me some crab legs, and they, they serve the raw bar, bar right out of the gate. So it was like clams, oysters, and Alaskan king crab legs right out of the gate. And then we had the amazing, uh, I had the, I had a, uh, I think a New York strip, and I think Ben had the same thing, but it was so, so good. And you went to, uh, was it a Mongolian? Yeah, I went to a Korean barbecue called Gunbei, but had I known they had crab legs where you went, that's where I would have been. Yeah, Gunbei is sweet. It's totally traditional Korean barbecue. So they, um, you know, sit you down at a round table and you have the grill in front of you and your server actually cooks the meat for you. You can pull the meat off or the seafood or whatever. And we tried a little bit of everything with all the banchan, which are like the little starter things, and then a bunch of side dishes like rice, noodles, stuff 
like that. Super fun experience. They also have a drinking game that you play there that we learned about today when we did a tour of the ship. And um, you, it's a very simple counting game, but they'll give you some soju to pound if you fail the drinking game. So that didn't last very long at our table. We, apparently, we aren't very good with numbers. So we were down to two people in less than five minutes, and it was great. So much fun. Definitely an experiential dining experience. One thing Virgin really bragged about when they first announced some concepts on board this ship was kind of like the no buffet experience. And actually, I was thinking, how's it actually going to work? And I was walking through the galley, I believe it's called, which is basically like, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, it's almost like a bunch of little food trucks or food stations, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a food court. That's what I've heard people describe it as before. To me, it's a combination of like, it's like a buffet and a food court and a and a food truck combined into one. But it really makes you feel like you have a lot more choices because the different types of food are like cordoned off. Like the dessert is in its own area. The coffee is in one area. And then you have a salad bar that's completely in another corner. So I think the reason it feels more like a food court is because it's more sectioned off than a buffet where you like roll through everything. And the seating is really cool. It's just unique and different. They have like tables that go right up against the windows. So you have like this connection with the outside too up there. It's light, it's bright, it's beautiful. They even have a popsicle truck in there. So when you're cruising, I know you were on a ship a couple of weeks ago. Are you more of an indoor person like this spa, the gym, relaxing, or are you more like a sun seeker? Definitely outdoor activity seeker. Sometimes sun seeker as well. Sometimes not so much pool and hot tub for me, but more like outdoor activities and just like seeing the ocean is more uh, our speed. Yeah. Speaking of outdoor activities too, like where we're standing right now, I'm a runner and I do love this because this track here, actually, you know how most cruise ships either go through the pool deck or you have to go through chairs or this is just, this is a full blown track. Yeah. I know you have to go, but I want to ask you before we leave here, what's your favorite part of the ship and give me some final thoughts. Okay. Sounds good. Favorite uh, spot on the ship was the test kitchen. So it's like this really big, gorgeous, light, bright area. Now I keep saying light and bright, but I think that's kind of what surprised me about this ship. It's an awesome uh, restaurant type concept and also has a bar area in it where you can see like a wine tasting happening or a cocktail class happening. So I was blown away by the look there. It's kind of got these cool aqua colors and like this apothecary style that was just gorgeous. Um, Final thoughts on the ship. It is absolutely, in my opinion, gorgeous. Like I said, I thought it was going to be a little bit more stark and it's just not. It's There's something to explore around every uh, corner. And I think something that cruisers might really enjoy is this area down a few decks, Doug, from where we are right now called the Dock, I think. Mm -hmm. Did you go to the Dock? It's like that really lush outdoor area. It has a lot of plants in it, and it is just so pretty. So if you're, if you're, you know, if you're looking at videos or any kind of content out there, check out the dock on Scarlet Lady. It's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, I think I definitely want to give the ship a try for a full sailing. The service has been awesome. Um, just a, a super smooth, um, super smooth uh, flow through the ship as well. I think it's pretty easy to get the lay of the land quickly, mm-hmm. and so much to do, and so much good food. Like yeah. you could. You could really try something different every meal here. All right. Sherry Griffiths from Cruise Tips TV and CruiseTipsTV.com. As always, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Doug. Can't wait to see you again. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net.
I'm your announcer.